and welcome Annette to another edition of the Going Overtime Wrestling Podcast. After, well, it was a, kind of a weird week last week. We did the Conrad Thompson interview, and then instead of just being in podcast form, John, we put the, uh, we put the entire thing up on the air last week, last Sunday, SummerSlam special. I'm Joe Roderick. He's John Marisak here talking to you about the week that was in the world of WWE. John, what's going on? So last week was probably the first time that either of us had recorded a radio show at like 11 o'clock at night. Um, well, I mean, record one. I mean, you got to when I first uh, started in radio in St. Louis, I was doing the 10 to midnight show on Team 1380. Well, yeah, well, I did live, oh, but yeah, recorded right. one. You're talking recorded. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've done plenty of live. I did post game for years. So, no, live was, yeah, I was live till one in the morning sometimes. Yeah, I was yeah, I've never sat in my basement and recorded one after a pay-per-view. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was, as I was saying it, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, you would have done plenty of stuff that late at night. So, but yeah, no, we, we did that. And then when it aired on Sunday, I got a text saying that we were, tw- was it 12 minutes over? <laughs> 13 is what you sent yeah, me. 13 minutes That's over. perfect. Mm-hmm. So, and we're all, we're new at this. I only had 13 years in it. You're pushing that. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I really thought that it was, that we timed it out perfectly, and then I find out we're 13 minutes over. What was nice was that, oh, well, you know, what was nice is that Giamatti, the board op, is telling me, I'm getting texts from him saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, it's, it's close, we'll make it work, and then Grover texting me, like, it's like Giamatti was scared to tell me, but Grover was just <laughs> like, dude, you're 13 minutes over. Well, that's their job to figure out, not ours. <laughs> That's the way I always looked at it. All right, there. I got enough in there for you. Now make it work. Yeah. So that was a uh, that was fun to deal with. I was in church with Hudson, by the way, when I was texting with them about how uh, how long the show should be. You shouldn't be texting in church. You should be praying that they can find a way to make it work. Well, I I didn't know that they needed to make it work until they texted me. But regardless, the uh, SummerSlam show went off and. You know what? For as long as it was, I I was definitely bored in the middle of it, but the beginning and the end definitely had my had me hooked. I think that it's very very clear. It's too long. It's too much with a pre-show to have a six-hour night after a two and a half-hour night followed to be followed by five more hours over the next two days. And they even went over a little bit. I mean, you really can't go over when you have the network, but they went a little bit past ten o'clock. On Sunday night, as I understand, they want to get everybody on, but good God, it's it's too much. And when you see NXT's show, five matches, two hours and about forty-five, two hours and fifty minutes, and it killed. Now their audience is different. I get it. Their whole, everything about it is different, but it killed. And part of that is because after two and a half hours, you're done. You don't you don't need anymore. You don't want anymore. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. And unfortunately, these huge pay-per-views have just gotten about quantity. And a lot, and we've seen it many times. It's By the end, it's dead. This time, it wasn't. But you know, we saw Mania. People left. I heard people were leaving at, at Mania the last couple of years because it's just too long. Well, no one wanted to see a Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker. That's fine. I probably would have left, too. <laughs> as soon as you knew that was last, Joe yes. leaves. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. I could also, you could also watch it on your phone, too, as you walk out, I guess. So that could, that could be a, something you do as well. I mean, I have watched, I've watched Royal Rumbles at the Pro Bowl once. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can watch that kind of stuff on your phone. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just – and to start – even more so the fact that it went so late, to start the night and you have so much talent in the ring, 20, it was 24 minutes after the gates opened. If you've ever been to a WWE event, and I have to believe everybody listening to this has been to a WWE event, and you, at least in St. Louis, what a pain in the ass it is to get in the arena. And looking at the crowd they had outside of the Barclays, it looked like a nightmare to try and get in the arena. And everybody comes early. They're all slammed together, and then you want to get in, get food, go to the merch stand, and you don't have time to get in the seats. And you've got six guys out there in front of about three, 400 people in the seats. It was, it looked terrible on television. I felt bad for those guys because those guys, that six-man uh, 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 match is filled with stupid talent yeah. and extremely entertaining guys that everybody outside wanted to see. And the WWE just shoehorns them in. The Miz makes mention of that on Raw. We'll get into that when we uh, when we get there. 
But, oh, I yeah. will say one thing I'm, on that, though. There were a tremendous amount of wonderful tweets talking about how much of an advantage the Hardys were in because they were used to wrestling in front of 75 people. Mm. Mm, that's, <laughs> that's tremendous. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed those. Yeah, that's, that's, I didn't see those. That's pretty funny. I'm trying to think. Unfortunately, I, I've been to Barclays once, and I just remember getting off the subway and pretty much being right there at the front door of Barclays. So I, I, and that was also for a Nets game, what, four or five years ago. So it wasn't like people were really trying to rush in there either. So I, I can't, you know, talk to how, how hard it is to get into those events. And at Scott Trade, when WWE's in town, I have, you know, I go in through this exact same entrance every single time I'm here. So I kind On of the have, side. I have that down as well. But if you go to the main entrance, the two uh, the two of them out front on Clark Street, uh, the main entrance, and which are like have a merch stand in between them, you can stand out there for fifteen. You, it, that line starts like three hours before the show, and it look and I, it, it's just what WWE fans do. They get there early, and they know that there's a pre-show and they want to get in. But you can't get fifteen thousand people into a building in twenty minutes. It's just not possible. So we go through the uh, the actual card. You mentioned the Hardys and Jason Jordan were there with uh, were fighting the Miz and his Miz Taraj. So we get this. Uh, so Miz did end up getting on the card, though it was the uh, though it was the pre-show. I don't really know what to run through here as far as what matches we actually go through. I guess the, the we saw two title changes on the pre-show with Neville getting his belt back from Tazawa. And just a quick, uh, quick little mention of this. He defended his title successfully on 205 Live, and then Enzo Amore showed up afterwards. So we, uh, we did see Enzo Amore, who at one point announced that he was 206 pounds. Uh, looks like he's dropped a couple, and he's now on 205 Live going against Neville. Uh, he became 205, and they said, you're going to be 205-ed. Yeah, it's, hey, uh, you know, uh, once you're done getting kicked in the face by Big Cass, uh, you can either go to 205 Live or I'm sure Impact would love to have you. Right. Uh, the other one, the Usos, <clears throat> defeat the New Day to uh, win the tag titles. So uh, we see those titles change hands once again. And uh, I see no end in sight to this little rivalry, though uh, we uh, will get to it in a little bit. But SmackDown does get a new tag team on Tuesday night, but the uh, the Usos and the and, and the New Day, I could watch these guys wrestle one or two more times, I think. Yeah, and it is nice to know that they are going to have another team pop on in there, uh, which we'll get to in a little while. But yeah, no, and I, I like the Usos having the belt. They're 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 fantastic right now. When was the last time John Cena opened a pay per view? Uh, somebody mentioned it recent. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, and I forget what it was, but it was it was sometime like six months ago. Six okay. or eight months ago, but it was still a while ago. Six months ago isn't that long, but that's. Well, I guess not Cena pay per views because he only shows up to about four a year now. Right, that's that's a little surprising to hear that. But regardless of that, he takes on Baron Corbin, and this after Baron Corbin, a few, just a few months removed from winning Money in the Bank and then losing Money in the Bank, and then Cena defeats him, which was just extremely surprising that they went with they went that direction and I'm not really sure why they went that direction but maybe it's because somebody backstage or you know maybe Baron Corbin pissed somebody off but uh, that kind of seems to be a trend for their time in Brooklyn of people being on the on the bad side of Vince or anybody else in, in power yeah I have no idea what happened um, I was it, when I I was fine. I'm always fine with Cena beating guys because you shouldn't just walk in there and beat Cena. It should be a huge deal if you're going to beat John Cena. But it was just, uh, it, it was a good match, but it wasn't like a typical bring the house down John Cena match. And maybe that was part of that was it's the opening match. You want to give them something good and at least get them, wake everybody up. But you don't want to, you know, blow it out of the park in the first match when you've got four more hours to go. Yeah, I just I, I just don't get why Cena needed to go over there the way he did, especially when we find out what Cena did the uh, uh, you know what what the rest of the week held for for John Cena. But that's 
I guess neither here nor there because we uh, we do move on from there. I'm trying, by the way, to look up when the uh, the last Cena opener was, trying to figure out when that would have been. So I'm I'm going I'm scrolling through here as we as we talk for the list of all the pay-per-views, which they don't do pay-per-view by pay-per-view anymore. They do WWE Network in chronological order, which includes all the takeovers, includes things like the Cruiserweight, the UK, the May Young tournaments. So this, this might take a while. Oh, it'll take hours. Yeah, this, this might take, uh, take a little bit. Uh, we see another title change in the second match of the night, fifth overall, as Natalia defeats Naomi. Uh, I, that's, it's the first time if, it, it, it can't, that's not the first time Natalia's had the belt, right? It's, no, it's not the first time she's had, but it seems like the first time in a long time that she's held the title. It's the first time that I can remember. That's, yeah, I'm trying to think back as to when she might have held it, and I can't remember. There's, I'm, I'm trying. It's been like, a while. Yeah. It, no matter what, it's been a while, at least. The, um, and I thought the match was really cool, and I thought the end of it was awesome. The way the whole end happened. You have Natalia get her to t- taps her out in the middle of the ring, and then Naomi with the emotions afterwards. It was spectacular. It was it was as good as I could, if not better than I could have expected. It was tremendous. I'm very happy that Natalia has the belt. Uh, well, I mean, if nothing else, too, Joe, it's the first time she's had the women's championship because it was a stupid divas thing. That's true. And she got stuck in that horrible in that time period, and she didn't fit. I mean, if she were is this group, if she was with this group 10 years ago, imagine the career, how much different her career could have been and the level at which she did, you know, would be versus what they were trying to do when she came in. She didn't fit what they wanted. She didn't fight like a girl, a supermodel that would go in there, kick and slap and pull hair. This group, she was made to work in this, with, in this era of women's wrestling. By the way, in October of 2016, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, John Cena for the WWE Championship kicked off a uh, kicked off the No Mercy pay-per-view. Two years ago. I'm just. I'm, this is still. I'm still going through from the way that I, I ended up looking through it. But I'm just. That's just me randomly throwing out uh, throwing out stuff as we <laughs> as we go on here tonight. She was she was a Divas champion, but yeah. that was like seven years ago. It was a long time. It was so. It had to have been so so long ago, for uh, for her to have that because, yeah, I I did not remember her. Uh, I, I could not remember her ever, you know, having any of the you know, the raw title or anything. It just seems like she's been so buried lately that it is good to see her with it. And Carmella's doing a good job of teasing a uh, a cash in on that. We can skip past Big Cass and Big Show. Uh, the one yes. thing to note from this, Big Cass, it looked like Torres ACL on Monday night in his street fight against uh, Enzo Amore. So Big Cass will be out for quite some time. He'll be out for a while. Enzo goes to 205 Live, and two guys who could have had a wonderful run selling a bunch of merch as tag team champions. It doesn't happen. It sucks. But oh well. Yeah, uh, Randy Orton and Rusev, that match lasts 10 seconds, and I saw news this week that Rusev and Lana have asked for their release. Which well, good for them. Yeah, which you and I both listened to Bruce uh, Pritchard and his podcast, which congrats to them for winning Podcast of the Year just the other day. Uh, you hear Bruce all the time say that basically if guys ask for their re- re- release, Vince gives it to them. He doesn't want unhappy people in his workplace. I just don't understand how we got to this point. I mean, it, I'm sure it didn't help that he went to a lot of hockey games. Well, but why? You know, that whole thing starts, and then he doesn't get used. They do this. They start this thing, and he doesn't get that. that just they just drop it. This video thing where he's going to come to Money in the Bank here in St. Louis and demand his shot, and then two weeks go by, and they don't even mention him on television. Mm-hmm. Lana has this. Wants to be a wrestler, and that maybe that and it starts there. She goes wants to be a wrestler, and that's great. But it, you took something that was working, and it went to crap. And then they crapped all over them when they did the engagement thing two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's it has been so many start and stops. I just he's so good, and they don't have a lot of guys like him. And they just he's in a long line of guys that just it from our perspective on the outside seems like they're in roles 
in, in limited roles when they could be used better and in a bigger way. And I've always felt that he's, he's one of those guys. That match lasted 10 seconds, by the way. I, uh, I actually went and put a pizza in the oven at one point, uh, the start of that match, thinking, oh, okay, this, you know, it'll probably cook during the time of this match. And then I hear the guys downstairs yelling that the match is over. Still didn't finish the pay-per-view in four hours. That's, that's correct. Uh, Sasha Banks defeats Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. And uh, Alexa Bliss has already said that she'll get her rematch on Monday in Memphis. So uh, she has already, uh, she'll, she'll already be uh, invoking her rematch clause there. The Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, again, I mean, I don't know why you have Finn Balor come out in, as the demon for this one. That's, that's another questionable one. Because it was SummerSlam, that's why. You do it at SummerSlam and you do it at WrestleMania. What they haven't done still is they don't tell people why. And it's still, it's, the, it's like we say this every week, the not telling people about the NXT people, just I don't understand. How many people in there actually had ever, like they cared about that entrance? How many people really cared about that entrance there? Or you don't know why he does it. To be honest, I don't even know that they did an NXT, that they gave you a huge story. But at least you saw back, I, they did background stories and features on guys of their past. And you at least know that it started in Japan and how it started in Japan and got there. But WWE usually so good at saying uh, why, like who, what was, oh, when they were making up the reasons why Balor had the, uh, the demon thing. You know, they, they make something up that's so stupid and not even close to what it really is instead of just trying to tell the story or maybe let him tell the story of why he is why he does this, which they haven't done yet. The, uh, this is where the pay-per-view really starts to pick up. It is the final four matches of the night. The first one for the Raw Tag Team titles, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins defeat Cesaro and Sheamus in 18 and a half minutes to become the new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. And we, uh, we, we really see them work well as a team. And this match, I thought, was, was just outstanding. I really loved the finish, too. The, uh, the finish, well, by the, in the middle of the match, Cesaro goes out into the crowd and rips up a beach ball. First time I've ever seen that happen. And uh, it, it, you can't get any more heel than ripping up a beach ball that's being bounced around in the crowd. Which was a sign that the pay-per-view was too damn long. It's SummerSlam. You, you should have beach balls out there. It's, it's the summer. It, t- it only pops out and they, they start playing around with it because they're bored. Yeah. Because it's too long. It's just, it's too... Did you see the beach balls flying around Saturday night? No. No, not a one. Now it's a different crowd. I get it. That's true. But you're locked in for two and a half hours. You're there for, I mean, imagine being there for six hours. Oh, the day's work to go watch a wrestling show. Yeah, they, uh, so, but anyway, go through the finish of this match, how it's, uh, how Cesaro, by the way, and I'll, I have something to say on Cesaro and Sheamus after you're done. No, go ahead. I, this is the second time now we saw it after the Hardys beat them for the titles and then you kept Cesaro and Sheamus off TV. They lose the titles again. It, I just, it seems like if they do not have the titles, there's no point for them being on TV, and I just don't understand that. We don't have to be on TV every week. I think that's a plus not to be on TV. These guys are on TV too much, way too much. And guys like that, they don't need to. They are really they don't. And what they, when they won the belts, they, took like, they were off for three weeks. I just I feel like they keep them off TV way too much because I'm still. I think they, but I think it's the opposite. They put guys on TV way too much. Everybody doesn't need to be on every week. Do you think we get a Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins music collaboration at some point? I don't know. I was kind of wondering the same thing if they were going to do that that on Monday night. It is. It is very strange. What's strange about it? It's not strange that you have two single stars that come together and form a tag team after being single stars. But it's very bizarre. Is there any, this has happened before where tag teams split and then they come back together, but they have their music. Right. It's very, very weird that part of a faction comes back together and they don't have their music back. 
mean, could you imagine? This is like when Hogan and the Macho Man, or The Rock and and Mankind, or Kane and Daniel Bryan, when they had their uh, their teams, they either combined them or well, hell, Cesaro and Sheamus when they first started, and they came out separately. But these guys were together three years ago. Mm-hmm. It is very – if they were to have their own, if it's not Roman Reigns' music, is it going to be even just as weird as them not having one? Yeah, I would imagine that's, a, uh, that's something that they've actually realized that they've made a mistake on at this point. But I, I just don't see where – I don't see how you, get the, uh, how you get the music away from Roman. I mean, that would require just out of nowhere changing his music that he's had his entire career or – which, I mean, I, I know they've done with Orton before. And with Orton, when they gave him the music he uses now, it was just a random Monday Night Raw. Really? Yeah. His music and his music is like iconic. It's awesome. Yeah, he'll it, never have different music. It never should have different music. Yeah, I, I can remember what his original music was, and I just remember one night it was the voice. All of a sudden, you heard the thing about the voices in his head. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do this music until uh, Roman has to have his own music for a while, and then you bring them all together. And until then, you can't you can't do it. It's his. You're right. I mean, that's that's his music from now until he's without it for a year. The uh, so they are now the tag champs on Monday. They end up facing the Hardys in a really long match uh, there too. They so uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins have really really were put to work the uh, in while during their time in Brooklyn. Uh, yes. Now I would do want to. Did you like the? Uh, did you like the way that the match finished? Did you like the end? Which one? Of the uh, the tag match. We didn't even go. We didn't talk about that yet. Re- I said that I liked it. Yeah, did you re- like it? Uh, how did it go down again? Because I'm trying to think. They. Uh, it's I, the uh, uh, Rollins and the Omega kick into the uh, Dirty Deeds. It was okay. beautiful. It was like yeah. symmetry. It was perfect. That one. I just. I can't. I. I and I compl- I remember complaining about it Sunday night. I can't stand Rollins' finisher. Therefore, I didn't like it. <laughs> you're just, so any, it doesn't matter how beautifully it's pulled off. You're just against it. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, it, I, no problem. It's not a good finisher, and I think it can't be done to everybody. And I think it looks awkward. But it did set up. It set up the dirty deeds, which ends up being the finisher. So it was kind of like the uh, the Stone Cold kick to the gut is what it was. It right. was the Jake's Jake the Snake short clothesline. Right. I just I. It, the move just looks awkward, and I just I can't I, I can't get behind it. That's fine. That's fair. Yeah. Also, how many people have three different finishers in that short in this early in their career? Well, but to be fair, the 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 one was was taken from him, which is too bad because the one that he had was as badass as anything that there is. The curb stop. Yeah. It was awesome, and he pulled it off. He was able to make that thing look like it didn't hurt. He he had another finisher too uh, back in when he was in Ring of Honor. It was called God's Last Gift, and I'm watching it now, and I can definitely see why it's not used because I don't. It it kind of looks like a super DDT into a cradle. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So, but as I'm watching it again, it, yeah, I mean, it is. It's a super DDT into a cradle, and I don't know. I just, I can't get, uh, maybe they just think it's too, the head's too exposed. Uh, well, but then they let Ember Moon do her flip stunner thing. Right. I mean that's as dangerous, but she's beautiful. She does it beautifully, uh, but that's as dangerous a move as there is. But I, I, I don't know. They're, they're sensitive to hitting heads. They're very sensitive to hitting heads. That is very, very clear. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens finished the way you expected it to finish, with Kevin Owens getting upset with Shane McMahon. AJ Styles getting the victory in that match and just continuing the Kevin Owens and Shane expected feud. Yeah, when does that happen? Does that go all the way to Mania, or do they do it in the Royal Rumble or Survivor Series? Can you can you have them both set up teams at Survivor Series? Yes, you could absolutely do that. 
And then that way you can try to drag it to Mania, maybe? Yeah, and you have weeks of nobody wanting to be on Kevin Nolan's team. I could see that. It'll be very entertaining, just as the Sami Zayn referee thing was hilarious. Yeah, I could see uh, I could see that happening as long as they put uh, as long as they put the fashion police uh, Brizango with Kevin Owens because he's he can't find anyone else and they ask him again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be that'll be very good. Yeah, no, you can definitely do that. Uh, I don't know if you can drag it all the way out to Mania. Um, oh, of course you can. Well, they're not doing it with what I want at WrestleMania. I mean, they still might be the WrestleMania main event. Because By the time we get there, but uh, um, mine's not. My, mine's coming next month. You know what you do is you have AJ Styles and or you have Kevin Owens attack Shane McMahon at some point out of frustration, and you do an injury angle. Or you can always do those. And Shane's not on all the time, so you can lay seeds right now, and then he goes away for three months. Right. And it's not a big deal that he's not around. As long as Daniel's around, you don't need Shane around. Yeah. That's why right. they have both. You could, I mean, Shane, Shane's been working hard. I mean, you got to think Shane was the only one on TV when Daniel Bryan was out after uh, Bree had the baby. Right. So Shane, I think, does de- deserve a little time off as well. So you figure out when you can, uh, when you can make that happen. Jinder Mahal retains against Shinsuke Nakamura. 11 minutes, 11 and a half minutes for this one. I tweeted this out at the time. Uh, Hogan always hit the big boot before hitting the leg drop for the, to get the one, two, three. Uh, the Singh brothers interfere in matches before Jinder Mahal hits the, uh, what, what does he call it? The, I don't remember what it's called. The Cabal, the, the, Coloss- the Colossal, the Coloss, uh, before he gets the victory. And I like that. I like that that is how he sets it up. John Cena has the five moves of doom. Jinder Mahal has Singh brothers interference before his finisher. <laughs> Jinder's Hogan boot. I hope you get to interview him before October and 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 tell him that that's his Hogan's boot. God, I had you see. I already had him on, and I I I don't think they're going to give me a repeat for him again. Unfortunately. Oh, well, because... you can say, "Hey, I loved having Jinder on last time. If he's available, I'd love to talk to him. I get a great time." Yeah, it's true. He's, he, he, I'm glad that he's I want Shinsuke Nakamura to be the champion but I want it to be a huge huge deal when it does happen and I don't know that it was time for him to be the champion I don't know that I mean I, Jinder is still so I mean, he's had it for what like six months at this point but it still feels like it's so new and he's still growing into that whole role yeah, they uh, but yeah, Jinder Mahal keeps the title through SummerSlam so he is uh, they're, they're sticking with him and hopefully they do give him one more opponent after Shinsuke uh, to, uh, to see what he can do. I'm, I've, I'm still a fan of, of Jinder Mahal as the, uh, as the champ. And finally, the fatal four-way, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Braun Strowman. My one request in this match was that Braun Strowman do something so stupidly strong that I laugh which happens every single Braun Strowman match, and he knocked that out of the way very fast as he put Brock not, through not one but two tables and then flipped a table on top of him before throwing a chair into the face of Samoa Joe. He flipped Brock around like no one has ever done. Mm-hmm. No one. Big Show didn't do that to him. He just flipped him up on his arm and walked around. And then fired him into a table. Mm-hmm. And then did it again. And then fired a cha- I think this is his new gimmick. He just throws chairs at people 15 feet away. Not just, not, not, and not folding chairs, office chairs. <laughs> no, I want to see him fire a folding chair about 30 feet. I just, I like the fact that he has the office chair. Like, that's his thing. Like, Triple H has the sledgehammer. Braun Strowman has the office chair. It was, it was, uh, Fatal 4-Ways are really hard to do. It's really easy for somebody to get lost in a Fatal 4-Way. I don't, the, all four guys came out better, or no worse at least, after this match than they went, than they went in. Roman was the best guy to get pinned in this match, and he was. Brock made Braun look like a billion dollars but still retains. 
and Joe was strong throughout and didn't get pinned. It's like nobody leaves weaker. That's really hard to do in a main event four-way title match. Yeah, I was, and you know what? I was a little surprised they went with Roman Reigns as the pin because in that match, I mean, he gets pinned. He's kind of the guy that moves to the back of the line now. But he's the, he is the most logical because of, you know, you want Brock to have the belt. You need Braun to be, you can't have him be pinned. You, you just can't. I don't know when it happens, but it doesn't happen for a long, long time. And you don't want Joe to look weak. I mean, Roman can get, get pinned, and it's you can still put Roman in a main event, and it's not like it's going to be – you're not going to look at it and go, well, he doesn't belong in, that, in, in there. Dave It'd Meltzer, be normal. Dave Meltzer tweeted out that we have seen Roman Reigns get beat every single pay-per-view match since, uh, since WrestleMania because the hope is, is that with all these losses piling up, fans start feeling bad for him and then start cheering him. Well, that ain't going to happen. No. That's not going to happen. He's going to have to lose to Fandango eight times before somebody starts feeling bad. Yeah. And you don't want him out. I mean, look, the, the, the way that they use him is I, none of us are like it. I, don't, I shouldn't say none of us, but a lot of people don't. And we would love for him to be the bad guy. But he, you can't deny he, he is really, really good. And he has, he is in good matches every time he gets in the ring. I don't know the last time that there was a Roman match where he said that was god-awful. It's been a long time. No, and there I was a time, but I don't know that we're the, I think we're way past that. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll get into, you know, I had somebody comment about the potential John Cena-Roman Reigns match being so bad because they're just shoved down people's throats, but tell me the last time John Cena was in a bad match. Oh, God. John Cena doesn't do bad matches. Right. He's just not, that just doesn't exist. The match will be great. It's, the, the issue is it's, there's, it's just like random. Yeah. It's not for anything, and nobody and no, nobody's gonna know what to know who to cheer. Yeah, neither one is neither one is just you know it's not natural that people like them. It just didn't happen organically, and now people are mad about that. But as you you know you pointed out the video that Cricket Wireless made for John Cena, you you show that to anybody and then tell tell them to boo John Cena or tell them to make John Cena a heel. Yeah, screw you for sharing that with me and that making me cry. I'm sitting at my desk with tears coming down my face at work. Hey, if it made me cry, I had to make somebody else cry watching it. So, <laughs> It was pretty cool. He's a very special person. And it's unfortunate that there's a segment of, uh, I don't know, what, 20-year-old males who can't stand a very successful, genuine, real person who's very, very good at what he does I even think the people as that being don't a guy like to cheer for. Yeah, I even think the people, those 20-year-old males that don't like him, I think can look at that and respect how, you know, how genuine of a guy he is. But I just don't understand how anybody can boo anything that he does. So let's just I get, just don't get it. Let's get right to it. We'll jump around a little bit on Monday Night Raw, but since we're on the topic of John Cena... He moves over to Monday Night Raw. Kurt Angle introduces him as the newest member of the Raw roster. If you remember when he came back in July, he was touted as a free agent. Wake uh, up. Yeah, sorry. He was touted. I'm laying here. I got a headset on tonight, so I'm actually laying on the couch doing this. Wonderful. That's great. Instead of having to sit with headphones and a mic on, so I'm in a much more relaxed state doing this. And it makes it a lot easier for me to do it as well. With or without shirt tonight? Oh, I, 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 come on. I, I couldn't, I, I haven't had a shirt on since about, <laughs> I'd say, 6.30 tonight. This is your gimmick, shirtless. Yes, I, come, I came home from my evening workout at the gym, and uh, the shirt I was wearing was sweaty, so I took it off and walked around, pretty much made, made Hudson dinner, put him to bed, Took a quick shower and still did not put a shirt on. Wonderful. That's great. I intentionally brought that up just to ruin everyone's drive or whatever you're doing listening to this because now that visual stuck in your head. No, you see, though, but that's, it's not a bad visual because now that I'm down 70 pounds, it's, it's pretty much, I mean, like, you go chest up, like, I, I, I mean, that's just a treat for the eyes. All right, enough with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's pretty sweet now. <laughs> anything, anything else you would like to, uh, to, to tell uh, about how great you are? 
No. Oh, I... we have breaking news while we're doing the show, by the way. What's that? As we are speaking, at 9.35 on Thursday night, NXT's Twitter account tweets out that Asuka has officially relinquished her NXT championship after she broke her collarbone Why? at TakeOver on Saturday night. Oh, so they can put it on a new. Uh, they can actually put it on somebody, and they don't have to take uh, take away Oscar's uh, title or uh, undefeated streak. Yeah, and then I guess when she comes back, she can just go straight to the main roster after doing some NXT stuff, uh, NXT house shows to get uh, to get things warmed up. It's unfortunate because I don't. One of them, either her or Ember Moon, was going up. That I'd seemed pretty clear at the end of uh, of Takeover that one of the two was going to go up, and now nobody can go anywhere down there. Yeah, so that's I haven't seen that come through. I guess I don't follow NXT on uh, on Twitter. Well, it happened two minutes ago. So, uh, so where oh, I was uh, getting to John Cena, he is moved to the Raw roster, so he comes out on Monday Night Raw and immediately calls out Roman Reigns, saying that that's the match that everyone wants to see. And Roman does come out, and before those two can get into anything, Miz interrupts, and he comes down with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Bo Dallas, by the way, wearing a phenomenal jacket. Yeah, it's like the gold million-dollar man. It looked beautiful. It, yeah. That, that was in the one glove, too. He uh, still kept the one glove on with that jacket that I hope that he, I hope he wears it more than once. I hope that that wasn't just a one-off for that jacket and that we do get to see it again. But he, uh, Miz comes out, and some. I mean, this is how great Miz is. Miz was able to rip the crowd for not being there for his match, was able to rip Roman Reigns and John Cena, telling them how much they are hated by everybody, and uh, got the crowd behind him, but then immediately turned the crowd against him by ripping on them for their attendance at SummerSlam. <laughs> it was I, he's, the way that he's he so went, talented. Yeah, the way he went back and forth, and I mean, he he really did play the crowd like a fiddle on Monday night. The way that he was able to just pull, you know, like I mean, really, I, I would say maybe they were the, they were his puppets. The way he just pulled at the strings, being like, I'm going to tell you the truth about Roman Reigns and John Cena, and you're going to love it, and then I'm going to say something that's going to make you hate me again, and you're going to forget how much you love the thing I just said. It was He's very, very talented. Yeah. It, it really was good. So the, uh, this, this ended up leading to our main event for the evening, because Cena told uh, Miz to pick one of the members of the Miztourage to... Uh, face uh, he and his new tag team partner, Roman Reigns, which Roman kind of gave him that side eye, asking him, what, are, you, are you serious, bro? I, you know, just wasn't really sure about that. But then Samoa Joe comes down and tells Miz that those two guys aren't going to be his partner. He's going to be his partner. So a, an odd tag team, two odd tag teams kind of thrown together. But you know what? It was, uh, it was fun to see, and it was a really, really well-done segment. Roman's look at Cena was the best thing of the whole segment other than Miz. I just, he's, he's really, really good at shooting those. Huh? <laughs> What'd you say, looks? They're per- it, it, they were, it's beautiful. And he does it. He, he's able to get one of those in every week. But that was – when Cena said that, he shot that look. It was perfect. Yeah. So in that uh, – throughout the evening, though, too, I enjoyed that – Samoa Joe actually talks strategy with the Miz. That's not usually something you see when it's tag teams that aren't, you know, that are just kind of a one-night thing. That's good. See, that stuff doesn't always make the Hulu cut. That's awesome. Yeah, that was that was a little uh, that was different. But I think that what you're seeing though is you're going to see uh, that we've already seen Miz and Cena, and they're going to save Roman Reigns and Cena hopefully for WrestleMania. But it does look like we are going to get some fresh feuds out of this where Roman, yes, he's thrown right back into a title picture. He's going to be going after the IC title, it looks like, against Miz. But we're also going to get to see Samoa Joe versus John Cena, which, if you know your wrestling history, they were actually in Ohio Valley together at, you know, way back in the day, what, 
12, 13 years ago, probably, if not. I didn't know Joe was in there. He was in there, and I believe they even mentioned this on the Pritchard show during the Cena uh, podcast that Cena decided to move up to WWE and Joe decided to go to TNA. So Joe was part of that group with Batista and Brock and Shelton Benjamin? I'm looking it up right now when he was. I don't think he was. Well, he was, maybe, I, he, maybe he popped in there. He just, I don't remember that. Samoa Joe in his, uh, in his wrestling career, as I scroll back all the way to the beginning of this. Yeah, I don't see anything about OVW. I, I thought that he had come in, that he came in and he had a chance. Well, he may have had a tryout. I think I know he had a tryout at some point, and it may have been down at OVW, or it was—I don't know if it was at OVW or if it was at a at a at a TV dark match. But I know he had a tryout. Because I, I thought that, and I had hearing this before that he had that that he was that he did have the the chance to go there, but he chose to go Ring of Honor, and maybe it was the Punk episode they talked about this. Or maybe he had a chance to go to OBW and a chance to go to TNA, and he went to TNA. Because yeah. TNA also was in a different place when he came in right. than where it is, or when he, where it was when he left with he, everybody. Yeah, 2002 was when he was in uh, Ring of Honor. He was there from 2002 to 2007, and then ended up joining TNA back in 2005. Yeah, so he may have had that opportunity. And he chose to go to the one that gave him money as opposed to a chance of earning a way up to make money. Oh, absolutely. Which I'm, I'm which was the right decision. Yeah, I'm scrolling through his wiki right now looking for that, but I'm not seeing it. But I, I did think that he has had a chance before. But again, I don't know if he and Cena have ever actually been in a ring together against each other. And I do think no. that's what we're going to see. So we're going to see Roman, Miz, Joe, and Cena, which is fine by me. I enjoyed that for the main event um, that um, uh, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, even though they weren't in the match, came down in ring gear. Yeah, which I think was Joe telling them that was during the pep talk to be out there and be ready for anything. And they came out in gear. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen that before from two guys who weren't who are not part of the match, come up ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, uh, and then on top of that, we saw the, the whole thing kick off with Brock and Braun Strowman in the ring together. The, uh, the good thing, well, first of all, I mean, anytime Paul Heyman talks, it's going to be great. And mm-hmm. Paul Heyman also mentions UFC, which we find out the next day probably isn't going to happen, thanks to John Bones Jones and is, once again, another failed test for him. But it still plants the seeds that Joe's going to, or that Brock's going to be going to UFC. And then we get, we hear Braun Strowman's music hits, and the reaction by Brock Lesnar was just perfect. Can't they get around the test since this is going to be such a weight class difference? It's almost like, can we do one of those like they used to do in wrestling, those unsanctioned? Well, yeah, that's, you have it at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, well, that ain't going to happen. You don't think so? Well, no. I want no. I want a UFC. I want the John yeah. Jones one to be unsanctioned. I want that unsanctioned. I want an unsanctioned UFC fight so the drug tests don't matter. Well, it's. I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to happen now. And yeah, I know. I would be, and that stinks. And I wonder how much. I want. Yeah. I. I would love to know really what the plan or plans are in place. Yeah, I'd be for that. And now, what happens? I'd be terrified if I was if I cost Brock Lesnar that much money. That's a it's it's a big dollar. It's a big amount of money. Uh, so, your takeaways from what we saw on Monday Night Raw—that's all we really need to go over. I, the the two—I mean—they set up three big matches for the next pay per view. I'm trying to think of anything else that was set up. We didn't see. Did we see any debuts? No. Yeah, I was gonna say the one the one big move was John Cena going over. Yeah, and I don't think you needed anything else. That show didn't need any debuts. They would have all gotten lost. The only things that come out of that show are the Cena and uh, Brock and Braun. And that's it. And that's fine. That's all that needed to come out of that show. 
So we moved to SmackDown where actually a few other things did happen on SmackDown. And, uh, you know, we, we find out at the beginning of SmackDown that Kevin Owens will get one more title shot at the U.S. title and AJ Styles, and he's mad about Shane McMahon. He says screwing him, another McMahon screwing a Canadian is the way Kevin Owens put it. And they say that he can have one more shot, and he gets to pick his referee. Well, after not finding anybody he wanted backstage, he agrees to have Baron Corbin be his referee only if Baron Corbin gets the first title shot. We, uh, well, I think we mentioned how that ends. Once again, Baron Corbin and Shane McMahon get into it. Baron Corbin takes off the referee shirt, which he had cut the sleeves off of, throws it in Shane McMahon's face and leaves. Shane McMahon puts on the sleeveless shirt over his T-shirt and gets in the ring to count the one, two, three. Why did Shane McMahon need to put on the, uh, put that on? Because he's the referee. The referee always has to wear a referee shirt, so you know that he's the referee. Didn't you see Baron Corbin the whole match? He pointed to the shirt and the patch. He's the referee. You have to have the patch on the shirt. You're not the referee. I loved that, by the way. That made me laugh every time he did it. See, I'm the referee. <laughs> Points to the shirt. It's beautiful. He did a good job of. Uh, he did a good job of uh, holding up the uh, holding up the title pre-match too. He did a good. I thought it was. I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. And that's I've. Heard guys, Austin's talked about this on his show. He hates doing it. That's really hard. So first off, you actually do have to remember the rules, which I don't know. <laughs> it's like I don't know what they are. I just do all my stuff and then listen when they tell me to stop doing something. But to know that you got somebody talking in your ear, you got to remember to be in the right place too. You got a camera to worry about and stay out of their way. It's not an easy gig. I thought he did really well. Shane McMahon is the best. I don't know that there's any referee but also he was a referee was he was say, a trained referee when he got in the business yeah that's that's how he got his start so that's how the uh, that's how it ended so we're going to continue to see kevin owens and shane mcmahon feud we talked about that earlier on in the show but here's where the debut starts i'll uh, i'll go with the lesser of the two first backstage uh talking with daniel bryan we see chad gable and suddenly Shelton Benjamin pops up. We've heard about Shelton Benjamin signing with the company, wondering when he was going to debut, knew that it was going to be coming soon. And finally, we do get Shelton Benjamin debuting with the WWE again on SmackDown, and Daniel Bryan makes him and Chad Gable a tag team. And they will debut next week. Very exciting stuff and good for Chad Gable. I, I hope I hope that they don't you know turn Shelton heel immediately or do something to break it up and actually give these two a chance to be a tag team because as we've mentioned before SmackDown needs the tag teams. I think you do it for a while and you help build Chad Gable up and then eventually when it gets it'll get to a point and it'll work uh, after you build Chad up and he gets the rub from Shelton and then you break him off and then you get him into a program for a couple of months. Yeah. This is a great opportunity for Chad Gable. Listen, I, I'll tell you this. I think this is a better opportunity for him than where Jason Jordan is, which is kind of in limbo and lost. Yeah, we're, we're really not sure where he's going. Jason Jordan lost to Finn Balor on Monday Night Raw. And uh, I, I imagine at some point Kirk kind of steps in and gives, uh, you know, does a favor, gives his son a favor and puts him in a spot where he can succeed and becomes a heel because of that. The other big, uh, the other big debut on uh, – SmackDown Live was Bobby Roode finally debuting in the WWE. The glorious music hits, and it even looked like Bobby Roode was taken aback by the reaction that he got. It was cool, and I what I love I love that WWE let him have a babyface moment. Let him have a that was that was well orchestrated moment for a guy who had been an enhancement guy in WWE. Once a police officer, security guy in WWE, in a Raw, and have this long, successful career, and it is like you've earned it. Here's your moment, and they let him go out there and be the big baby face that he's that he will not be very, very shortly. Yeah, I, I we talked about this uh, over the weekend. I would like to see him jump into a program with AJ Styles because the two have worked together before. Yeah, and that'd be and AJ really doesn't have anything right now. 
No, I, I thought maybe Baron Corbin from what we saw, how we saw, you know, SmackDown end, but the two never really did anything. So, yeah, we very well could see uh, AJ Styles, Bobby Roode. And that could start on Monday or on Tuesday when he's going to reinstitute the U.S. Open Challenge and invite somebody to come out. I, and yeah. that music hits and that place will go ballistic. So uh, there you go. Uh, there's the, uh, the post-SummerSlam edition of the Going Overtime Wrestling Podcast. John, we just managed to pack in two hours of NXT, six hours of SummerSlam, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown Live, one hour of NXT, and one hour of 205 Live into uh, less than an hour of a podcast. What's great is you hit the uh, highlights of 205 Live in one sentence, which is very, very difficult to do with a show, but you did it. Well, I, you know what? Uh, you, you do this long enough, and sometimes you'll, uh, you'll fall into a uh, to, to, you know, running point uh, pretty decent, decently. Yeah, you're really – well, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just uh, 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 proof of how talented you are. And I can do it all shirtless, too. As a shirtless man on a couch, yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have another uh, pay-per-view for quite a few weeks, John, so I don't know what you're going to do with your weekends. Holy cow, this is like two pay-per-views in a row we've had. Like, were they going to be every other week here very soon, though, to make up for all this? I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I don't know if each one gets two pay-per-views between now and Survivor Series, I would imagine. And, you know, this was late in the month. We're not that far from, we're only a couple months from Survivor Series and, and then into the Royal Rumble. We got, things are going to be coming hot and heavy here soon. Yeah, well, enjoy it while you can and watch uh, storylines build. Absolutely. Hmm. All right, John. Well, that's going to do it for us. A uh, nice little, uh, yeah, we, we hit all the big spots and we did it less than an hour. So bravo to us as we uh, didn't record till Thursday night. But uh, we'll get it right up there. And hopefully you enjoyed listening to this, uh, this edition of the Going Overtime Wrestling Podcast. John, have a good evening, man. You too, sir. That's John Marisek. I'm Joe Roderick. This has been the Going Overtime Wrestling Podcast on InsideSTL.com. <laughs>